0: About to win so big. Tell my hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of Yeah, get with the program. So they walk their way get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another week, another episode of Tales from the Terror Dome. You know what time it is, baby. It's your boy Dan in the building. I got my guy Pete from Too Deep in the building.
1: What's going on, buddy?
0: You know, just another another week of, of crazy college football hysteria. That's right. <laughs> the offseason does John Rothstein might sleep in May, but college football news does not. <laughs>
1: Now it's still going strong, that's for sure.
0: You know, we're sitting there on a Monday, you know, there's nothing really going on. People probably, you know, thinking about their week, dreading the fact, you know, they're at work. Their Sunday scaries came to realization. And then about like 2.15 in the afternoon, Brett McMurphy decides to drop this bomb. And I quote, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, UNC, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are the magnificent seven. ACC schools, sources told Action Network Headquarters, these schools, Ross Dellinger reported, have met in past several months with lawyers examining grant of rights to determine just how unbreakable it is. ACC deal runs through 2036.
1: Yeah, man. And and we got to talk immediately just about the reaction after that, that came down. Did – what was your initial feeling when you saw that?
0: So I was at work and it was a busy day. So I had really no idea what was going on until somebody DM me and they were like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? And I was like, well, what are you talking about? And they were, they sent me the link to the tweet and I was like, Oh baby, we might be cooking. Like, <laughs> and yeah. Like, Obviously it's exciting because you, if there's going to be a realignment, you know, you would want to be proactive in the fact that you're on the front line of that, not getting left out. You have a seat at one of the big tables because otherwise it's kind of spooky.
1: Yeah, no, that, and that's number one. And that's the text that I was getting from friends and stuff is just, it was the first time we've kind of seen our name in a little bit of realignment news. And in a lot of ways, like one of my buddies was like, Hey, we might not be left out finally. Like that's what, cause that's the way it's felt is that everyone in the ACC um, outside of maybe Florida state and Clemson isn't worth anything. And, and it's going to get left behind by the big 10 and and the sec. But this was the first time we kind of saw like, Hey, maybe we got a chance to stay relevant and that they're actually they're actually talking about this. Like we all know that this is a problem—the money gap and whatnot—and now it seems like the ads are acknowledging it publicly.
0: Yeah, man, it was. Uh, and it's always interesting that whole—I guess that—that that narrative on Twitter that that Wit doesn't really care about football. He's an Olympic sports guy. You know, uh, non revs are his thing. Came and from a basketball
1: see, school, and now he's yeah. got us as a basketball school.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you see the tweet. that's like what well, Babcock is like helping lead this charge, and you're like, you start seeing the quotes from him, and it's basically like that's not the case at all. Which is typically, you know, Twitter being their bag with the loud, with the loud and wrong, it's kind of the specialty. But it was yeah, it was nice to see the fact that you know they understand. That that this gap in revenue between the Big Ten and the SEC and then the acc like you're third, but the fall off is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah.
1: And I'm not even so sure that we will be third uh once the Big 12 is all set said and done. Because there's still rumors out there the Big Twelve is gonna add, you know, Oregon to Washington or some other Pac-12 schools. They just added, you know, the the four schools that UCF and Houston and BYU um, trying to make some moves there, but I like just to secure the four spot, (laughs) you know, just, just so we don't, you know, obviously you don't think you're going to fall behind the PAC 12, but we need some security. And seven years ago when they signed the deal that they signed, that goes to 2036, which first of all, I I don't know who's signing a 20 year contract uh, with TV money locked in. Like, That just seems absolutely absurd to me. I don't know how that even happened because this was 2016 that they signed it. So it's seven years ago already, and it still goes to
0: 2036. Yeah, I don't – Yeah, in a world where it's an ever-changing market, like weekly, daily, hourly, the fact that you would sign it. Everything, yeah. A 20 year deal with regional sports networks, all that, like it just felt like the biggest fumble of all time.
1: Yes. It sure did. And the the thing that is what has been brought up, and you mentioned Whit Babcock and how he's kind of potentially leading this charge in cahoots with these other ADs. He's also kind of in charge of these meetings. So Outside of the Magnificent Seven, as they referred to it in the tweet, which I don't know if you like that name or not. I also saw it referred to as the Wandering Seven, which I kind of liked. Um, there are six ADs that are running those meetings down in Amelia Island. And Wit is one of those. And that includes like the Wake AD, uh, maybe Syracuse and Clemson and FSU ADs were also part of the, the group of ADs running the meeting. So within within the meeting... And the magnificence of there's also a crossover of the six ADs who are leading the meeting who, you know, were speaking the most. Um, but it led to a lot of different conversation. And I'm not exactly sure what you want to get into first here.
0: Man, it's just it's a lot. <laughs> it is it's a lot. It's exciting.
1: Do you want to go into like uh, the options? Like, what are the, what are the ACC's options at this point? Say, you know, just from What what could happen? Do you like what in your mind? What is what is likely to happen? What is uh, an option you see as best for Virginia Tech?
0: I I feel like I tweeted if I felt like the ACC could be sustainable at this point, I would be all for it sticking together, but the media deal is so bad that every year I think that it's going to get worse. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to last. I think finding an eighth team probably isn't as crazy as some might think, especially with the whole – what they just tried to pass, the the redistribution of funds where, like, Mm -hmm. the top performers get the top money. I think it becomes – a real issue because Florida state is relevant again and they're falling behind because the ACC money is not there. So they're going to, I think they're going to start beating the drum the loudest on that.
1: And they they have been. And what's funny about that is Florida state wasn't saying anything while they sucked for seven years or whatever it was, (laughs) you know, they, they haven't been relevant since Jameis Fumbled in the playoff game. And now, all of a sudden, this offseason, you know, a couple months back, we get their AD saying, Hey, this revenue share, this, this ain't going to stand. We're bringing in 15% of the ratings. We deserve 15% of the money, not 7% of the money and all that. And that is what ultimately has led to where we're at this week at Amelia Island with the meetings. And so Florida State is picking a very convenient time to, to start rattling their saber and saying, Hey, we deserve more. It's like, okay. Yeah, we get it on a historical basis, 10 win seasons, um, all the Bobby Bowden success and whatnot. Yeah, we get it. People like to tune into Florida state, but let's not act like you've been awesome for the last five, six years. You're part of the reason that the ACC is in this mess is because the whole conference has been terrible on the football field and starting to be terrible on the basketball court as well.
0: No, that's a fact. I think um, maybe Swafford put, a lot of stock into the tobacco road schools and i mean north carolina hasn't been amazing at basketball and recently i mean they had some at least it hadn't been consistent it's Uh, weird
1: because yeah they went to the national championship game just last year and should have won yeah they had they weren't having a good season up to that point they had a disaster of a season this year yeah roy williams is no longer there so yeah and let's be serious. No one cares. Like the basketball is not. It's what a tenth of the revenue that the football brings in. Like yep. maybe not at North Carolina, but across the conference, that's that's how it goes.
0: Well, I think Witt came out. You know, he just recently he was like, "Hey, you know, football is the the money maker. So you need it to bring in the most money, so that your other sports can can thrive on that." Because I mean, that, that's what. The, that's what people watch. It's the number one is king. Football is king.
1: Yeah. And so uh, th- these were some of the um the routes like you mentioned, get grabbing an eighth team to add to the seven and starting a like a new conference, I guess is what you were saying. That that's essentially what it would be dissolve the conference, dissolve the grant of rights, if that's even possible, and basically start an eight-team, nine-team, ten-team conference. And that would be great if you can actually get rid of that grant of rights, which have you do you know what that actually like means basically it means if the school breaks the deal if one school were to leave and break the deal the acc would still own their tv rights of any of their home games according to the contract and so that's why it's so like prohibitive, you know because if you're going to lose all your tv money for your home games that's at least half of your revenue plus more um and it makes it impossible to leave. Plus there's an exit fee of like $120 million to even get out before that happens. So they've been having lawyers look at this thing for a long time to see if they can poke some holes in it and get out of it. And I would think that if you were starting a new league, maybe that would be one way to do it.
0: Well, I think that's part of what gets lost in the whole thing, right? Is the fact that it's it's coming to light now, which means the conversations have been held in the dark for a long time. Like, They've. I'm sure they've talked to numerous other potential teams that were like, "Hey, our schools like Louisville would be attractive to somebody." In my opinion, I think they would make. I mean, I saw rumors that they were the eighth team, but it's kind of like um the NWO back in WCW. Like, who's the third guy? You know, it's so true. But, it's. So true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you got to look at it. I guess there are other schools that you could pull for eighth, and then I think. The whole vote on changing the revenue distribution, probably if there wasn't an eighth team, an eighth eighth school got pissed at that, probably, and they might be willing to jump in, throw their name in the hat and be like, you know what, let's let's see how green these other pastures are.
1: Yeah. The the funny thing was after it happened, and you know, people are basically making up all this stuff on Twitter over the next two days of just like we're going to get invited by the big 10. We're going to get invited by the SEC. Would you want to be in the big 12? Or like, would you, how would this break down if we were in this conference? I thought that was all, (laughs) obviously that's what people like to do, but they're getting ahead of themselves. Like they're, they're just, you're way over your skis thinking we're about to get an SEC invite. I'm not saying it it could never happen. And I'm not saying the big 10 couldn't ever happen either. It's just right now. Why why would those teams want to offer more invites to split their TV revenue? Like what's the benefit at some point adding more teams doesn't make you more money per team. I would, I would also say though, in that same argument that Virginia tech, North Carolina, Virginia and NC state are unique to the sec and that they don't have a presence in those States. And so just like, they were doing back in the day trying to get more and more tv markets north carolina or the state of virginia could be attractive to add to the sec one day i don't think they're about to do that i don't even think it may be in their plans but they've already got a team from south carolina they've already got a team from florida in their conference that's not really that's not necessarily adding anything to the sec other than more intriguing matchups
0: yeah, plus I think uh, for the SEC, Virginia Tech would bring D.C., Maryland, like, has a pretty vast base. And then I think, I believe believe, was a Treadmill Horse? Dropped that uh, chart of the millions of viewers per ACC school, and we were, what, fourth behind, was it Clemson, FSU, and someone else?
1: Yeah, and – and that stuff is great. And I, I love seeing that kind of thing. However, I take it all with a grain of salt to like, like these, the only people that really know those numbers are the administrators and, and the TV people that are making these deals, what we're passing around on Twitter. Like I don't doubt that we're probably bringing in the fourth most, but I saw something else that said last year, we were like the 11th most watched team in the conference, which would make sense because we only had 11 games and we weren't very good. (laughs)
0: No, that's very true. Uh, So
1: you can slice it a lot of different ways.
0: Very true. I also don't think that Whit Babcock is the type of person to do all this without knowing something about where tech would end up.
1: And that is fair, and he actually had the most candid comments of just about anyone coming out of those meetings. I don't know if you read the David Teal article, but he was pretty open about, Hey, what am I supposed to say? If I, if I say that we're looking elsewhere, then I'm going to piss off all the people in the conference. If I say we're happy where we're at, I'm going to get yelled at by the fans for not doing anything. So it's, he, he was very kind of like open about what went on and what he did say. What I liked was that the report coming out was kind of a shock. And I think he said it like hit us upside the head that that report came out about the magnificent seven, but it was the reason that they were able to talk more openly and have the conversations they needed to have this past week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Plus uh, what got lost in the whole thing was uh, the one dude, I don't know how credible he is though. When he tweeted about what was it? The Boston college AD was yelling at the Florida state AD and the Miami AD had to step in. And it reminded me of that meme of the, of the ladies like scream crying and then the cat like hissing back at them. Yes,
1: <laughs> and and I do agree with you that Wit is calculating. Now he has made some missteps, most notably the uh, the Fuente press conference that we're all well aware of when when the buyout dropped and we said we were keeping Fuente. But for the most part, he's gotten big stuff done uh, in clandestine manners before. And so you're hoping that something is in the works. But the more and more I've read about this grand rights. And the amount of people and time that has been taken to look into it, it kind of seems like if it was something that people were able to get out of, that they might have done it already. Um, that being said, you have to have a place to go if you're going to start that legal battle. And I'm not sure that there's a clear landing spot for a Clemson or Florida State right now. As soon as they get the invite, they're going to entertain it and and maybe run with it. but. Not only do you have to figure out how you can get out, but you have to figure out where you're going. And if there's no clear place to go, you're not going to start the process. So I don't think any contract is, you know, not able to be ripped up in some way or another. You got, you got to figure it out. And I'm not sure what that is. They're, they're, what they're doing now, and you mentioned it, was the revenue share.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, man, I don't know. You don't think Greg Sankey, I don't know, he's aggressive, man. I can see him already been calling people and being like, hey, because I feel like maybe the Big Ten and the SEC want to get so big that they don't, I mean, it's a power play maybe with the NCAA where they're like, hey, like we don't necessarily need you, like completely, you know, because I, I don't know especially with NIL and the way all that's going is just the the NCAA seems almost incapable of figuring it out because it's just so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, And
1: one of the best things that could happen to us is I think that seismic change where the big 10 and the sec basically lead this revolution of like, all right, we're taking the P five and we're breaking off. And if that were to happen, then, I feel like a lot of different deals and whatnot would all kind of go defunct and new stuff would be written up and whatnot. And so like, yes, I think eventually that's where we'll head, but I think that could be a decade or more down the line. Who knows? You're right. Greg Sankey. He's aggressive. You know, who's really aggressive is the big 12 AD. I mean, he, he, despite the fact that they lost their two biggest brands that are going to the SEC in Oklahoma and Texas, you know, he's been trying to find creative ways to keep that conference together and keep it interesting. And I thought the schools that they added, which one was a playoff team in Cincinnati and BYU, which has a long history of Heisman winners and lots of lots of uh, big games and stuff over the years, like those were some nice additions. In addition to UCF, which has a giant fan base, so I don't discount stuff that that he might do too. Like, is he going to? They were talking about, are they going to go maybe grab UConn? Are they going to get a couple of the Pac-12 teams? But is there some world where the Big 12 and the ACC get something done, or you know maybe they hey let's let's form our own conference and have a, a mini playoff within the Big 12 and ACC and call it something else? You know there's there's a lot of possibilities, and it's going to take creative administrators and commissioners to do it. And I know we've been ragging on Jim Phillips, but he was kind of dealt a, a bad hand from Swafford.
0: You know, he was dealt a like astronomically terrible deal <laughs> for sure. Uh, there's also that whole thing, I guess, where you have the eight teams that are able to break the grant of rights just to be able to renegotiate a better one. But, is
1: I wasn't, yeah, and I, I did hear something about that, but I, I wasn't sure if that's possible, and I don't think a lot of the lawyers or even writers know exactly what it takes to dissolve the grant of rights right now. Um, In order to change the revenue model, they need 10 of 15 presidents to change the model. And just to go over the details for your listeners, that was basically you would get more money based on your performance on the field. And it wouldn't be based on ratings because ratings can fluctuate based on your time slot, based on your schedule, the network your games are on so it would be based on how you perform on the field so and it would put at the same time they said it wasn't going to come out of the TV money so it's basically if you make the playoff and you make the NCAA tournament in basketball and you go to a bowl and uh, you know you would end up keeping more of the money rather than having that money distributed to the conference and it could be as much as 5 to 10 million that's that's the revenue share but the overlying thing was that even that that 5 to 10 that's not gonna make up the massive gap that's coming like thirty million plus.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can get five to ten million more, but you're still broke <laughs> like as far as the grand scheme goes.
1: right, right.
0: So it could doesn't I, really
1: could I tell you um a solution that I, I haven't necessarily seen too many places, but could be a likely thing that could happen because right now, after I read everything, I just felt like the ACC is not changing anytime soon. Um, And I could be wrong about that, but the gist I got and then all the ADs coming out, we're thrilled. Like the FSU AD, after saying like, we need more money and all that stuff, he was quoted as saying, we're very thrilled about being in this league and we want to stay in it. Now I get that could just be blowing smoke and and it very well is that. But at the same time, it sounds like it's going to be very expensive, very tricky to get out, of the current deal. And so one option you would have would be going to ESPN and being like, we got eight, nine schools that are about to start a new conference and your deal's gonna be ripped up and you got a sweetheart deal. So instead of us doing that and going through the legal battle over the next couple of years, why don't you just give us a little bit more money per, per school? And to me, that like it's not great, but it's a nice solution without. Teams leaving and screwing everything up. I don't know what you think about that.
0: No, I'm not opposed to that. I just think something has to happen. There has to be more money come from somewhere, and it can't be a little. There's got to be a substantial amount of money. Right. And And who even
1: knows if ESPN will be like, fine, try it. You know, like I'm just (laughs) saying, like, that would be the only thing I could think of. Like, they thought that their sweetheart ACC deal was going to be ruined maybe they would come in and be like, all right, we'll solidify this. We'll, we'll up you guys 10 mil per school per year or something like that. But I don't know. That's just a thought I had. Cause the only other options are you see individual schools leave, you create your new league or you change the revenue model. And that, that's basically all you can do. You, so the new league sounds the most fun. And maybe you grab West Virginia, maybe you take Louisville with you, maybe you take Pitt with you and you have a 10 team league or something like that. But It just seems like it's going to be tricky.
0: Where if, let's say, the ACC, they got eight teams, dissolves. No more. No more ACC. You got the SEC, you got the Big Ten, you got the Big 12. I'm not going to count the Pac-12 because their days are number two. (laughs) Where, Where would you, as a Virginia Tech fan, Which conference would you want to end up in?
1: If Okay, so like the small new conference or SEC or Big Ten, you're saying?
0: Nah, it will – Big 12, expansion, SEC, or Big Ten, one of the three. I mean, I
1: think that the lore of the SEC is very strong. However, I think we'd be more competitive in the Big Ten. And regionally, we we almost fit better in the Big Ten, you know? I, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Obviously, the SEC is the, the sexy pick, right? Um, uh-huh. They are the bill of the ball. But we have a very, very good wrestling program, and that's what the Big Ten does. The SEC does not do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So – I see, like, obviously, you'd want SEC money and the SEC clout, uh, But the Big Ten would also be a really good fit because they're competitive and everything. I don't think we'd do Big Moon very well, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, wrestling, basketball, football, like, they're, they're good at all of them. And they thrive, obviously, in those environments. Obviously, they, you know, like, Ohio State. Iowa, all the schools, Penn State, like, they're really good at wrestling. So, um, I think the Big Ten is probably the best fit, especially with the way Tim Sands wants to go academically. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I would be cool with either, as long as there's a seat at the table, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, no... Obviously, no one wants to go to the Big 12 just because you don't want to have to play Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State and and travel nonstop, go to Lubbock and all that stuff. You don't want to do that. But the Big 10 academically, as you said, aligns with what all the academic types within Virginia Tech would want. And I do believe that you have a better shot of playing for a championship in the Big Ten than you do in the SEC. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's really a big debate
0: No, it's not and I, yeah, I think it's the best of the best of the both worlds you know in the Big Ten like Wit gets his sports and his prestige and his money and Tim Sands gets his academics that he wants and I think it I think it would be a, a good marriage.
1: And the only reason we wouldn't be as attractive to the Big Ten as to the SEC is because, Big Ten already has the DC area with Maryland, and so you only get to add that with the SEC and you you know you get Richmond and d c and and whatever if you pick up tech in the SEC so I'm not I'm sure we'd be attractive in some way or another to the Big Ten um, but I don't know if it's more than Oregon or more than Washington or or more than UVA like I, I really don't because UVA has that those academics that are just like at a different level, like your Purdue's and Indiana's and Michigan's, you know?
0: Well, that's the interesting thing, right? Like what happens there? Because Wit and Carlos seem to be working together. Yeah. So would we be a package deal? You get us both or would we split conferences? What would young, cons- like what would the governor say? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. a whole thing about like, what would the state public schools, you know? Yeah. What, what do people think?
1: And fortunately, Dan, and and unfortunately, this is not a problem we're going to have to deal with anytime soon because the Big Ten uh, I don't think is coming, calling uh, anytime soon. Uh, I did want to, like, I did like the fact that through all of this, you kind of hinted at this, we admitted we have a problem, and that is the first step to solving the problem. And a lot of people after seeing all the news this week or just like ACC's dead. This is, this is the beginning of the end. I'm not so sure that's it, but it does start the conversation of like, all right, we got to figure some stuff out. We got to start monetizing the ACC network. We got to get some advertisements on the jerseys. We got, we got to do anything we can to make some money.
0: No, that's facts. But I, I do think we are at a crossroads here, either fix it or lose it. It's going to be one of the two.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree
0: with that. So whatever course of action they plan on taking, they're going to have to. The wheels need to be in motion.
1: Did you want to get into anything else? You want to? You have any more commentary on that?
0: On the uh, no, nah, I mean it's just you know May May content for the for the timeline, and it was fun and interesting and exciting, but like you said, I mean. Season's going to roll around. We're going to be playing in the ACC, at least for – even even if you broke the grant of rights and, you know, you you, you got the bid for a new – it would still be a couple years. So, right, right, right. nothing's really changing. I mean, I think everyone would love the, the home games you would get at Lane Stadium with either the Big Ten or the SEC. Uh, it would be a hell of an environment for sure. Um, yeah. I think Brent Pride knows, hey, I've been in the SEC and, and I've been in the Big Ten, and I see the money that is required to be a big boy in the Big Boy League. So we need to continue to increase that, like, you yeah. know, revenue stream coming in, regardless of where we are. Yeah,
1: there's, there's and, no doubt about that.
0: And Witt seems to really be on board with that. Contrary, you know, so it was nice to hear him come out and say it just so. The back and forth on Twitter can't really continue. Like, Witt obviously knows, and he's aware, and he cares. So well,
1: congratulations. Sure. To make the, the Reach for Excellence campaign that they started a couple years ago was all about building a nest egg of donors year in and year out. And he's done a really good job with it. It was like a $400 million initiative. And I don't know if that was due to some of the stuff he saw coming down the line with all this, but he knows he's a a fundraiser right like that's what wit is is known to be and he's done great with the drive for 25 and you know we'll see what Mahul and and the reach for excellence campaign does next but we are trying our damnedest it seems to raise money um for for this type of endeavor um it sucks that we're getting left so far behind on the tv side of things and with our conference but we're doing everything we can to stay relevant from what we can control at this point. Just one, one last thing about the grant of rights. And uh, I saw a funny thing about Miami. Someone was like, all right, so Miami, we leave, we pay the 120 million. This is from a Miami fan. And then we play all of our games at neutral sites or away for the next 10 years. <laughs> so we don't have to pay the TV rights and could split the split the profits. Uh with the teams in the conference that we are now playing in without having to pay out any money to ESPN. And I thought that was absolutely
0: hilarious. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Uh, well, there's plenty of big stadiums in Florida that could technically count as initial site. Right. So. Right. Right. I just thought it was
1: very creative because they don't have a good home field advantage anyway.
0: I was going to say people don't go anyway. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, it was hilarious
0: you could play on a green screen nobody would know <laughs>
1: uh did you want to talk about our football team at all maybe some recruiting or spring football or anything
0: yeah man i haven't i haven't been on the mic talking about uh spring shenanigans uh, you know it's been it was good our live pod the sharkies went really well i was, yeah, that was impressed fun. i felt like everybody got good engagement across all of our platforms Cause I was looking at the numbers and I won't get into those, but like they were good, especially considering the same episode was spread across like four different brands. I feel like everybody, you know, did well. Uh, the, there were people at Sharky's, the turnout was good, whether they were there for us or not. I mean, they seemed to like it. Nobody complained. I didn't see any grimacing or growling or grumbling. Um, oh, and I
1: think the, I think people there were having fun. And like, like you were saying I it was well received, definitely a lot of engagement, a lot of uh pats on the back for everybody and whatnot but it was it was a blast, and I can't wait to do it again with the with the, another group of guys next year or whatever but it was it was a lot of fun.
0: No, that's a fact And the actual you know spring game itself, the weather was perfect uh I made sure I had sunscreen in my pocket so I didn't get roasted uh it was It was great um the team Grant Wells had that 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 fu energy man that he was playing with that I know y'all brought somebody in and I've been hearing the noise so let me let me show you what I can do he looked sharper more in rhythm uh, I think he definitely made it clear that it's his job to lose so
1: he he did um. Just like last year, though, with those two long bombs to Caleb Smith in the spring game, there wasn't a whole lot else in the game. So that's kind of all we saw and had to go off. And we're like, all right, this guy looks like he can play a little bit. And then the season came around and it was an utter disaster. I don't think this will necessarily be the same as that. But two things are true. One, yeah, I do think it's his job to lose. But two, I worry that all that accuracy and those nice throws to the sideline we saw in the spring game are going to be left right there in the spring game.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a very rational fear uh, because we saw it. (laughs) (laughs) already. Um, But I'm hoping is different. I think at least there's people behind him that you could throw in there to go compete that make it, uh less of a like dire straight I guess yeah because you're like you know we didn't see drones with the first team, so we don't know like what it looks like uh pop Watson won't play, but I mean dude was balling in the spring game he was the talk of the town
1: and he's think, two injuries away from playing so <laughs> after,
0: yeah no, that's after
1: after those other guys left I mean he's He's next up, man. So he's got to be ready. The the interesting thing you said there is we have other guys. Like last year we had Jason Brown, but if, if Wells say he starts the year as the starter and he plays just as poorly as he did last year through the first couple games, he's most likely going to get benched this year. He's not going to get the full run of the season like he did last year.
0: Oh no, that's a fact. Uh, he's not the leash would be shorter for sure mm-hmm. um and it should be but you know he made me eat my words in that that pre-spring game panel so um which is good i would rather eat crow and have you know success because that's what we all want
1: uh, and i don't think th- what you said was necessarily wrong because i think what you said was Ali Jennings didn't come to Tech to play with Grant Wells, something, something to that degree, mm-hmm. and that's probably true. <laughs> that is right? probably one hundred percent true. So you weren't wrong, but I don't <laughs> think Ali Jennings expected Wells to maybe improve as Tyler Bowen took over the quarterback room, and maybe Ali Jennings didn't anticipate Chiron Drones taking a little bit longer to get his legs underneath him at a new school. Now, in four or five months, that's a long time to a kid as old as. Chiron Jones, he could come back in the fall and look amazing. I mean it, that that could happen. That now that he's had the system installed a bit, but yeah, Grant Grant was impressive, and maybe he was feeling that heat to your point and decided, all right, I got some weapons. I'm going to show what I can do.
0: Yeah, I mean in 2023, I think it would be hard to ignore any of that or not know what's being said or you know touted around. But I think he even alluded to it on the tsl uh interview i think he said that he had read stuff and was not too thrilled with what he was reading
1: hmm okay interesting he's 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 searching his name googling himself
0: no nah, i mean people probably just tweeted him to be honest you know internet <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah of
1: course, uh, of course
0: but uh i mean portal wise i thought we were very aggressive in this uh the spring, you know, people, the whole narrative was, oh, the, the spring portal won't be nearly as loaded with talent as the, the winter portal, and we got a big piece, man. Yes. You know, Powell coming back to Virginia from Florida, I think, I mean, he wasn't a scrub at Florida. Like, he had some success, and he's there's no knock on the ACC, but he's not going to be going against SEC caliber lineman or talent so i think that he was a must get and and you know ferb and jc and all they they pulled him in man they got him
1: now that was biggest defensive end recruit in how long i mean you could say the the two texas kids but they didn't stick around right like alec bryant like this this guy's already started at an sec school he's from virginia this was a massive get at a position we desperately needed of a, a player. So I, I was stoked about it. And, you know, there was a couple of recruiting misses after that with like the Everett kid and um, Bodie, I guess, uh, committed somewhere else this past week and people are getting down on the recruiting staff and whatnot. It's like, we just got like a, a, a potentially a game changer at a defensive end. I no, he's, he's not all conference sec or, or anything, but, he's young and he proved that he could play in a good league at a good school. And now he's playing for tech. So to me, that was a, just a giant pickup.
0: I mean, also the fact that if he does very well, you know, it just helps because he'd be like, Hey, you know, you chose somewhere else, but now you can come home and you can, you can ball. And I think that it'll, the kids we missed on, and some Fuente cycles or early prize cycles, because the name was sullied, you know, or we just weren't attractive at the time. They can come back, and they can succeed. Yeah, and it's big. I'm
1: not sure if we did. We recruit Ali Jennings the first time around when he went to West Virginia.
0: Nah, I don't think Fuente was in on him at all. To be honest, from what he was, what I gathered.
1: Okay. Well, nevertheless, it's another virginia kid coming to virginia tech in the portal which is it's nice to see and we we started that even back with uh jordan williams too um but because there is a lot of talent that goes out of state from virginia unfortunately right now but you need to bring in an Ali jennings and bring in a pal and show people from those virginia schools like hey you can come to tech and have some success now the next step is those guys playing well this year
0: yeah that's a big step for sure I mean, you know, I don't – people get mad about, like, Bodie and Hellcat and maybe Chris Cole, Peyton Lewis, and they're, like, right in the backyard. But you haven't been good. You're three and eight. I mean, you're getting these big offers, Alabama, Notre Dame, Penn State, Georgia, Ohio State. Like, kids are going to – you know, they, they're gonna look at it, especially if they've been in Southwest Virginia their whole life. Maybe they don't want to be in Southwest Virginia, maybe they want right. a different experience. It's just it's a different factor. It's not as cut and dry as I think people would like it to be.
1: When when people on the message boards or Twitter are bitching and moaning when we lose a guy to Ohio State or Clemson or you know, any of those other blue bloods that have been kicking ass for the last decade, like what do you want, man? Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we, you're going to lose recruits to Alabama. Like, occasionally that's just going to happen. Um, and there's there's not and, – and honestly, if we're going up against Alabama and the kid does pick us, like, I would be shocked, shocked every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of the thing with Everett, right? You got an offer from OU. Why would he not take it? Like, right. if it's like a legitimate, like, offer, like, you can come in here and they're not really offering, like, oh, yeah, you can come play for us in the transfer portal. Like, if they offer you in the portal, like, they really they do want you. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, a, oh, come come be some depth for us. Like, he's going to come in, he's going to have a legitimate chance to play at a premier football school.
1: And not only that, it's not, – not only is it a premier football school with a long history, it is a premier offensive lineman development school. Like, they've done really well with offensive linemen at OU over the past, you know, 10, 20 years.
0: No, that's facts. I mean, you wonder why people are like, why are kids, you know, Penn State, Penn State, Penn State. You see how many kids they put in the draft early. Um, right. Not really. A, and they're only maybe five hours from home for yeah. some kids. It's not that bad.
1: That's the one. Yes, because. Well, and it's not the same as Ohio State or Clemson or um, or Bama. Like when you lose a recruit to Penn State, it does hurt more because it is regional and they are not the powerhouse with the national championships in recent history. You know, they haven't won a national championship since 1986, and they had the end of the Jopa cycle, which wasn't very good, and then they had the Bill O'Brien years after the scandal, which were just mediocre for a while, and now Franklin's got them up and running. Pry was responsible for a lot of that recruiting wave getting started, you know, with James Franklin, and so I was always hoping once Pry came here after a couple of years, he could kind of recreate that and we would start keeping those guys. So slowly, but surely, I don't want to see the top five Virginia guys going to Penn state. That's the one that, that does hurt me. I want those guys to come to us.
0: No, yeah, no, 1000%. I agree with you. Um, starts with W's man. The you you get the W's get the W's because the staff is diligent. They're very diligent and aggressive with their, process and the kids seem to, to like them and their surge in in late november early december before signing day is incredible their aggressiveness in the portal is is great it's what you want to see get the w's kids will come that's why when the big recruiting argument started on twitter i said location is a cop-out because if you win games and you put kids in the league they're not going to care as much if they're in Southwest Virginia or if they're in, you know, LA. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, win games, put them in the league. Don't be a piece of shit. And it'll come play for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, we you, had... you'll get them.
1: Yes. Because I know, I know it's Frank Bieber. It's a different area. It's recruiting 757 when it was untapped and all that stuff. But, like, there wasn't even. Like, what was it, the 460 bypass or whatever? Like, the highways to get to tech didn't exist in the late 90s. Like, I don't even think it was before I got to school. They hadn't even put them in yet, but just before, as I was coming into tech, like, and kids were still getting their ass there and playing football at a high level. Like, it was so hard to get to Blacksburg in the year 2000, and it didn't matter.
0: No, that's facts. So, I mean, you know, it's changed a little bit. There's the whole like huddle and stuff like that makes it easier for, and Twitter makes it easier for coaches everywhere to see kids now. But I just, you know, I think that, you know, Brent Pry, he knows. Pry gets it, man. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I wanted to drop that one on you so bad. Pry gets it. Um, but he uh, does Brent
1: get Pry- it. And it's a matter of, it is a matter of time and winning a little bit with what you have and building some momentum. Cause right now, even with the nice portal pickups, we do lack a little momentum. That's why this season, you know, you look at those first four games of this upcoming season, not to, to totally derail this into what's coming up next year, but those are four winnable games at the front of your schedule. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going four and zero. but if you did go four and zero or even three and O it, the momentum that that would create, would work wonders on the trail, if you ask me.
0: Oh no, That's facts, man. That's facts. Um, and I guess to clarify my don't be a piece of shit comment, it wasn't directed at anybody because we don't have one on our staff. I was just saying, like, with the way the portal is and the way kids talk, you can't be as much of, like, you can either, you know, you can't be an asshole not win games. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nick right. Saban can get away with it because he is Nick Saban, but, like, just be like genuine, straight up, like kids know. So, like, it, it just is just part of the equation.
1: Absolutely, man. I agree.
0: Well, hell, Pete, I appreciate you, man, taking the time out of your day, bro. Come on here, talk to yeah. me about this, all this craziness going on, dude. I, I,
1: you know, I love to talk about VT football, whether it's directly related or kind of related with the ACC stuff, dude. I'll do it anytime.
0: Yeah, man. Hell yeah. No, Always a pleasure, my man. Always a pleasure.
1: All right, bud. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yes, yeah, sir. Go Hokies. Peace.